Welcome to the Mary Gostolo Girl Ahead podcast, the weekly unique insight into luxury hospitality around the world by those who know it best. Produced by Allmont Global and brought to you by JetX. Upgrade to a class above first and enjoy the freedom of travel with JetX, a global leader in private aviation inspired by luxury beyond compare. Wherever you wish to fly, JetX can take you there in utmost safety, comfort and style at your own schedule and pace. Whether on business or leisure, the world is yours to enjoy with JetX. I've been looking forward to this chat for a long time. My good friend Elizabeth Blau is one of the queens of food worldwide. She runs Elizabeth Blau's Blau and Associates based in Las Vegas and she's 2022's Cornell Innovator of the Year. Now that is an incredible accolade and I think when we hear Elizabeth talking about why so many hotels can't do food properly. We'll understand why. Let's go over to Elizabeth Blau right now. Elizabeth, big congratulations. You have so many awards, it's unbelievable. Right now, you are Cornell's Innovator of the Year. Now, what did you do to be Innovator of the Year? Well, that was a big one. Um, that was very exciting to you know be honored by your alma mater. You know, I remember speaking to my advisor, gosh, it's uh, 20 some odd years ago and asking what I wanted to do. And I said I wanted to go into consulting. And she looked at me and said, how are you going to consult? What do you know? And I thought, wow, that wasn't very nice. But she was right. And, you know, it was only years later. But I think, you know, working with such extraordinary people like Sirio Maccioni, with Steve and Elaine Wynn, uh, everything that Las Vegas has gone through uh, with um, the crazy, you know, turning into an entertainment capital of, of the United States, not just a gaming capital. Oh, no, excuse me, not of not the capital of the USA entertainment, of the world. Elizabeth, but what did you do to innovate? Give me some hard facts. You know, tell me what you have done within the last couple of years to innovate because you are the champion foodie in the whole wide world when it comes to hotels. So, well, I think it started, I think it started, you know, with the revolution here in the, in, in the desert and really turning the kind of all-you-can-eat buffet, $5.99, you know, shrimp cocktail into this incredible city where we have more master sommeliers, more incredible master chefs and celebrity chefs um, than really anywhere in in the world. And, And really helping to be part of creating this model, which is the management contract where restaurateurs and, and chefs can really do what they do best, which is run their operations, run their dining rooms, run their kitchens. Okay, now why can't hotels get it right? Why does a hotel need you? You are working with great hotels right now. 
But why do hotels who are struggling to get anyone in their restaurants, why do they need you, Elizabeth? Well, some hotel companies do it exceptionally well. But uh, what I explain, Mary, is that the hotel brain and the independent restaurateur brain um, are 100% completely different. The hotel brain thinks consistency and, and, and quality and luxury and that every experience, you know, is, is almost identical in its, you know, per, in its quest for perfection. The restaurant world is mayhem. It's madness. You know, our DNA molecules in our brains, you know, just work completely differently. And when you seek to be all things to all people, which is what many hotel restaurants do, you end up with um, a mediocre product. Restaurant visionaries, like so many of, of, of my colleagues out there, bring their their brilliance, their independence, their 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 spirit to the table. I was recently in um, in London and and walked into Amazonica and I Amazonico and I just thought, I mean, this is brilliant. I mean, I'm transported. Am I in Cuba? Am I in the Amazon? The the kitchen design, the food, the live music. You know, I continue to be awed at you know what people in the restaurant industry continue to to do. But that's about change. But you change, yes. And surely a hotel owner looks at the eating place as a terrible return on investment the owner knows that it's got to, that breakfast has got to be served and how to keep people in for lunch and dinner and it costs money to fit out a restaurant and yet you're saying spend on creativity spend on something that's zany and I'm also getting a message from you that you're saying be prepared to change quickly to uh, be flexible if and when the customer demands it. 100%. I, on this recent visit to London, we stayed at the Beaverbrook townhouse. Beautiful 14-room townhouse right in Cadogan Gardens where you'd expect, you know, tradition and, and, and you know, British fare. But what they do is one of the most magnificent breakfasts. But at night, their restaurant transforms into a delicious um, Japanese restaurant with an incredible sushi program. And so that's the last thing you would expect. And so you are 100% right. Restaurants get a terrible, terrible reputation as as lost leaders, but um, there is no reason that they should be. And to me, what we've been able to do in Las Vegas is make them the direct amenity. That's why you see every casino in Las Vegas having an incredible portfolio of restaurants because it's the differentiator. You're not going to differentiate with slot machines. You're not even going to differentiate with a beautiful spa and, you know, incredible 500 thread count sheets. What's going to differentiate you is an incredible portfolio, whether it's one or in Las Vegas where we have up to 20 restaurants that really are a spectacular lineup. Actually, it's interesting you say that because when I was in Boston last time, I was amazed at the transformation on top of the Newbury. And there they've invested 
in a Kenthorpe elevator that is just a sensation. I could go up and down in that elevator all day long. At the top, we've got a Mario Cardoni Contessa, which again I love, but it seemed that if necessary, it would be easier to change the restaurant design and concept than the elevator. But that arrival experience is wow. I agree with you. Ken Folk is a is a master. Um, uh, Mario and 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 his team and that Contessa restaurant is the hottest restaurant, Mary, in Boston. So you know it can be done. Um, and so the owner has to you know have the vision. Um, they have to have the passion for it, and they have to realize that if you make that kind of investment and that kind of partnership, it can be done internally. Um, but that you know that 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 profit weaning can really become a profit center. Um, Uh, for food and beverage. We first met actually at a restaurant in a hotel, Le Cirque in the old Mayfair. Now, people knew that as Le Cirque restaurant and some people may not even have known that there were beds upstairs. Do you ever see that possibly in a single operation like that, rather than a big casino, that we could see restaurants turning into restaurants that have bedrooms? Well, I mean, look at the proliferation of the of the Nobu hotels. I mean, they're they're around the the world. So I, I love seeing. Look at the Cipriani. Um, hotel and, and club in, in New York City. So I think absolutely that, you know, that restaurants are, are becoming, certain restaurants are, are becoming lifestyle brands. And so the the Mayfair Le Cirque relationship also was, you know, having that street access. Sometimes you don't have that luxury in a hotel like the Contessa where, you know, you have to, you know, go up the elevator, but um, they so cleverly made the elevator part of that that experience. So I, I think, yes, 100%, you're going to to continue to see more of that as, as, you know, restaurants don't just become places to eat, but become places to be entertained. What are your feelings about length of lifespan of uh, restaurants do they go on forever four seasons in new york seem to go on for an eternity in vegas they do sometimes change quite quickly i know they will obviously have changed now from before a pandemic what's the average lifespan of a restaurant supposing i was a hotel owner and I'm talking to you. How long will my new restaurant last, Elizabeth? Well, if you're working with me, it will last a very long time. But, um, you know, look, if you can make it through that, you know, initial 18 months, um, you know, which is the, you know, where you get those horrific statistics of the 50%, 40-50% failure rates in the restaurant industry. If you can make it past that, um, you know, restaurants should have a good, you know, 10-year run. That doesn't mean that they don't need refreshing and, and updating, but I think if you go with a solid concept, and really, Mary, what's extraordinary is we did have, you know, many independent restaurants close in, in Las Vegas, but very little turnover um, uh, percentage wise in the in the casino hotels um, they were you know many of them were supported by the the casinos as well but very little turnover and you know 
Las Vegas is a different example because I think we stay um, a little bit more conservative in the in the concepts when when people you know try things you know like pokey bowls with you know uh, you know some other kind of banh mi sandwich you know these wacky combinations those tend to you know be more flash in the pan and, and have a, a higher um, failure rate but if you you know work with a great designer you have a solid concept and you have a you know a, a solid operations plan you know you should have a minimum of of, uh, of a 10-year run and then you know what kills us um, is when you know you get into a bad landlord relationship and 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 you know the number one killer is uh, is on the real estate side when when your your, your rent you know just um, suffocates you oh my gosh and all these various players in the performance you've got the real estate side you've got the operation side you've got the on the ground side and then you've got somebody whose responsibility it is for getting this restaurant up and running how long do you generally tell a prospective client that it will take from first talking to you to getting a new concept up and running elizabeth well in the pre-pandemic year, it was a world. It was a minimum of a year. Um, now, uh, with this new labor supply chain disaster situation we're, we're in, you know, it's it's creeped, and it could be a minimum of eighteen months. Um, Kim and I are still waiting a year later for a, a, you know one refrigerator uh, in our in our new ho- home for a company that only makes you know kitchen appliances. So it's you know it's. it's it's, it's really, you know, been been devastating to um, to restaurant development um, on on that side. So I, I would say, though, you know, the absolute basis is a year if there has to be any um, interior renovation. I'm also hearing devastating stories about not being able to get people to cook and people to serve. The customer doesn't see the fact that there's a shortage in the kitchen, but the customer very definitely sees that there aren't enough servers and they're not doing a professional job. Do you, are you able to do everything like provide the kitchen staff, like provide kit? provide the service, train them? We're one stop. You know, we um, we offer a complete experience from <clears throat> strategic development to concept development to um, project management and, and operations. It just depends on, you know, whether we're working with a company that has a large infrastructure or, um, you know, a company that's just venturing for the first time. But, you know, you are absolutely right. The the labor crisis is um, is absolutely stunting our, our business. Customers are, you know, the demand is um, is incredible no matter where you're going in, in, in the world. And so the labor crisis, the um, procurement crisis, the, um, the cost of, of everything, even of your staff, you know, with gas in the U.S., you know, hitting over $5 a, um, a gallon, it, it's just, it's, the pricing just keeps creeping and, and, and creeping. We're seeing in some cities in the U.S. the setup of private dining clubs to enable um, enthusiastic diners to get um, be 
guaranteed reservations. Do you think this will last? I, I just see the proliferation of the private clubs um, growing and growing. And now, you know, you even have um, hotel groups. Um, you know, the Thompson, you know, has opened a, a couple of their own private clubs. So I, I, I see Amman is opening a, a private club in, in New York. And so I, I think that that is um, definitely... Um, you know, with Soho House, that was certainly pre-pandemic. Soho House has never, you know, been been larger. I mean, their their properties are are incredible. Um, so yes, one hundred percent, I see that as as a continued growth vehicle. Um, you know, amongst the those affluent enough to be able to. Oh, be able to you know, you're you are so inspirational. No wonder you got that award. Quickie, uh, which countries are you working in at the moment and where would you like to work? Where have you always wanted to do a hotel, Elizabeth? Well, we are um, working in the, um, the UAE and in Saudi Arabia, uh, the US and, and Canada, but um, South America um, has um, always been um, on our, our map. Um, I'm passionate about Europe. I mean, that's where, you know, the history. You're passionate about the world, Elizabeth. That's true. <laughs> okay. When you get home at night and you've had all these challenges for other people, what's your comfort food, Elizabeth Blau? Um, anything that is full of, of gluten, you know, delicious bread and cookies and, and cakes. I have a terrible sweet tooth. So um, if I am going to indulge, it, it definitely probably is a bread or pastry oriented item. Thank you, Elizabeth Blau. You are more than food. You are concepts, your trends, your service and your profitability. My goodness all put together. That's an unbeatable package. And next episode on podcast, I'm going to be chatting with somebody very different, Alan Watts, based in Singapore, president of Asia Pacific for the entire Hilton Caboose. And he's going to be chatting about which brands at luxury level are best suited to wear and how he manages this gigantic territory. See you next episode. Have fun until then. You've been listening to the Mary Gostolo Girl Ahead podcast, produced by Allmont Global in partnership with Forbes Travel Guide and the ShareCare Health Security Verification Solution, and brought to you by Jetex. Wherever in the world you need to travel, Jetex offers expert solutions and guidance to make seamless global connectivity possible, even in the most challenging times. Join us next week for another exciting insight into the world of luxury travel. And don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about the show.